Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello! And, of course, before we get too far in, we do want to thank all of you, the wonderful patrons that help support the show. So, a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Austin Johnson, Salix, Kane Martin, Damian Zink, Gate Guardian Support, HGH Cyber... Marshawn Jones, Witchcrafter Main 2022, Zyphorus, Zephyrius, AD, Aaron Gardner, Anthony Leela, Branded Fart, Brandon, Dank Nugs, Invoked Fart, Kevin Hugh, Lita 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 Lee. Yep. Mm-hmm. MBT's Big Ol' Bussy, Mountain Man, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rudolph, Sneaky Links, Virtually Savior's World, What Does Pot of Greed Do, Andrew Gillix, Old Man Red, Ray Powell, Roto the Three Please, and Slaking It Up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast all right and before we get too much farther i do want to do all the things that i always forget to do which is hey if you are buying some cards on tcg player be sure to check out our tcg player affiliate link in the below all you do all you have to do is click the link before you shop and it helps support the show at no extra cost to you it's just going to redirect you to the TCG Player homepage and then just shop as if nothing has changed. And you will be doing us a huge, huge help. Also, be sure if you're on Apple or Spotify, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review. Let us know how you feel about the show. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and be sure to comment down below and let us know what you think. You can always feel free to answer the podcast question of the day and stuff like that in the YouTube comments. So with that said, you want to just hop right on into our main segment here? Let's do it. 
All right, so we are discussing the one, the only, the ban list. Woo! So the ban list is, as always, as hot a topic as ever in the Yu-Gi-Oh! community. It is kind of the evergreen content for us content creators. And I think we've done an episode where we kind of discussed the things going on in the format and kind of discussed the things that we thought might or could happen. But I'm pretty sure that at least for this format, we haven't done an actual formal ban list prediction. So this will serve as our formal, actually, this is what we believe will happen on the ban list. Now, Caleb and I have each made our own separate ban lists. So we're going to go through them bit by bit and kind of discuss what we think will actually happen on the list. And we're going to go through it not by banned, limited, semi unlimited. We're actually going to go through it and we're going to talk about the format as a whole and kind of break it up into sections. We're going to talk about one engine and one package at a time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I think we should go ahead and start with the problem child in the room. <laughs> Which one? Fair. <laughs> that is honestly very fair. Um, I'll let you determine what you believe the problem child in the room is, and I'll flow with whatever you decide. Uh, well, why don't we, I'm just going to go in ABC order here. That's fair. So, to begin with, I believe that they are, this is part of the, into, part of the scythe package, because for some decks, the scythe package is different. The vast majority of them are DPE scythe, but some of them don't need DPE to scythe hockey. Right. Yeah. So I'm just going to call this Scythe Package, as in Scythe itself and Artifact Dagda. I think they're going to ban Dagda. And see, I fall more on the lines of banning Scythe. Now, here's the thing. Scythe is the problem, not yes. Dagda. Dagda's entire purpose is to fetch Scythe. I completely agree. Right. But Konami kind of does have this thing where they kind of sometimes overcorrect for the situation without hitting the problem. Right. So I really do think they're going to hit Dagda because they're going to see being able to, to like, during your turn to set a scythe, and then as soon as your opponent activates anything on the field, you just go, cool, chain scythe, set a, uh, chain scythe, chain Dagda to set, uh, Lancia. Yeah, yeah. And be able to just fetch Lancia for free. My thing is... If you look at Konami's kind of the way that they do with Link Monsters, I think that Dagda represents less of a problem than most of the other Link Monsters on the list. To be fair, if we go off their example of uh, one of the more notorious Link Monsters, they just kind of ban everything around it. True. Talking about Halka Fibrax. Where they just kind of literally banned everything around it except Halka Fibrax itself. That's true. All right, so let let's just I just but that 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 of course that argument would be a point in your direction of them just straight up banning sight. Right. So here's my like let let's just look at there's ten link monsters currently banned. 
They are Guard Dragon Agrapane, Guard Dragon LP, Heavy Metal Foes Electromite, Nightmares Goblin and Mermaid, Link Cross, Simorg Bird of Sovereignty, Summon Sorceress, Topologic Gumblar Dragon, and Union Carrier. So, if we look at the reasoning behind each of these cards being banned, LP represented an easy Link 1 that allowed you to special summon from the deck. Oh yeah, the primary and like one of the major things that they would fetch with was Brotar, which then let you search any light dragon you wanted. And the thing is, or no, any dark dragon. Yeah, they wanted. would primarily use Brotar there, but they could fetch a number of cards, right? Yeah, it wasn't oh, yeah. just one thing that it could fetch; it could fetch a lot of things. Oh no, no, like let's say you already have the Brotar in hand. Oh no! Oh well, fetch Rocket Tracer. Yeah, and or, Agrapane causes similar issues, right? Yeah, yeah. Heavy Metal Foes Electromite is banned because it is entirely too generic with entirely too many different things. It, it basically, it turns Pendulum less into a Pendulum typing and more into Electromite Turbo, right? Yeah, pretty much. Nightmares Goblin and Mermaid are their own thing. Link Cross was banned because it made tokens. So with you went Hulk Fibrax, by the way. Yeah, so you would just go Halka Fibrax, summon Deskbot, summon Link Cross, Link Cross Effect, summon tokens, Deskbot, make tokens. I mean, uh, use Deskbot and tokens to synchro. And then you would go up into Aurorodon and then bring the Deskbot back with more tokens. It was an insane combo line, and Link Cross was one of the most powerful extenders and enablers. That we've had in the game, like even without Halka Firebrax, I'm pretty sure Link Cross at some point was going to was going to get an axe. Yeah, Samora Bird of Sovereignty tutored out any winged beast from your deck during the end phase. Essentially, you can say basically level ten or lower, depending on how many back row you have set. But the ability to tutor whatever winged beast you want out of the deck was broken. Oh, especially. You could grab negates. Yeah. You could grab floodgates. Flood you could grab cards that wouldn't let your opponent set cards on their field. Yep. Dark Samor, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. And then, like, you could also, like, not only could you fetch the Dark Samor, you could also set, um, uh, what's that continuous trap card called? Uh, anti spell fragrance. Oh, yeah. Anti spell fragrance plus Samor means your opponent cannot use spells Dark or traps at all. Dark Samor. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Your opponent can't set them, and they can't activate them unless they get set first, because the Dark Market is yeah. awful. Yep. And then not only that, in this specific deck that could hard make it, uh, Lyralusk, Tri-Brigade, specifically. Mm-hmm. N- or Pure Lyralusk. Or Pure Lyralusk. So they would make this thing, get out uh, Miss Valley Apex Avian. Yeah. As a negate, or whatever they needed. And then during your at the end of your opponent's turn, if they didn't out the Samor, which is entirely possible, you could then special summon a, a Celestine Wagtail effect to grab a, uh, or you could grab you could do Celestine Wagtail or uh, I forgot the name of the one that searches for a monster to search Cobalt Sparrow. Y- yeah, to or yeah, Cobalt Sparrow to get a search. Either Turquoise Warbler or Cobalt Sparrow. It was Cobalt Sparrow. So like then you could grab the Turquoise Warbler. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, you know, then you're drawing. It provided extenders, it provided negates, it provided floodgates, and, and follow up plays. And it also provided destruction protection for those cards that it points to. Exa- 
exactly. it was broken, right? But the point was, the, my point that I'm making is, if you look at all of the links that are banned, specifically Union Carrier, Samorg, well, Union Carrier was banned. LP is banned. Agarpain because it tutors out. Yes. Pretty much a wide variety of cards from your deck, right? Yes. It might be only dragons. It might be only swinged beasts. It might. Union Carrier should should have only should have said only Union monsters. I understand, but the point is, is that these cards tutored yeah. out whatever they wanted from the deck. Artifact Dagda doesn't do that. Yeah, it, it tutors it, out either. It tutors out any artifact monster. Which but, is fine if Scythe doesn't exist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, no, because then your only option is Vajra. Or Lancia. Or Lancia. Like, There's a couple other ones. Moral Talk. Yeah, Moral Talk's pretty good, yeah. But the, my point is, is it's, I don't think Dagda has the same power level as the other links on the ban list, which is no, why I think they'll not. go with Scythe. Yeah, again, but that's me going kind of pessimistic in that they never hit a problem. They just hit everything around the problem. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's a fair... If you look at Konami's history, that is fair. I just don't really think that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Scythe is... I think they'll identify Scythe as the issue. I mean, they identified Protoss as the issue. Which which surprised me. I was fully expecting them to, like, start just hitting random... Cards here and there, yeah. Sword Soul cards randomly, and then never hit Protoss. Yeah. Never so hit Protoss. I was like, oh, hey. I'll make the call. You, you you made the first call. I'll make the new call on what we talk yeah. about next. So let's talk a little bit about the DPE package. I think that we can agree that the DPE package is incredibly good. Oh my God, it's so oppressive. Yeah, and DPE itself is a problem. Heck right? of a card. Because... It allows you to tutor in to, first of all, all you need is two effect monsters to make the Verte. Mm -hmm. And then it lets you tutor into a, destru a destruction that continually revives itself every turn. Anytime it's destroyed by battle or card effect. So you don't even have to pop itself. If you have, especially if you have, already have something on board that can pop the uh, DP right. in an emergency situation where you're about to get shuffled back, you don't need to pop it. Yep. You can pop, I don't know, something else on your board, like the Verte at 500 attack. Yeah, it, or the Scythe sitting in your back row, you know, whatever. Yeah, and then also pop something on your opponent's field on top of that. Yeah, so I think that, and then once you get past the actual... DPE is a very strong boss monster. If you think about it, he's basically immune to destruction because he's just coming back next turn. Yeah. Um. Now, the thing, the other part about this is there's more to the DPE package than just DPE itself. You also much have more. Dasher and Celestial. Dasher so lets you just special someone for free during your draw phase. Oh, that's... Oh, no, I just top-decked a Nibiru. Whatever will I smash summon a 3k beat stick for free? Yeah, or... Once you special summon that out of your hand, it's like, oh, I don't have any cards in my hand. Cool, that's Celestial Draw 2? Yeah. What? On top of that. Yeah, and then... You have Fusion Destiny, which is a problem in its own right. Because you can do it from hand or deck. Yes. So, personally... 
I think that the actual answer here is really surprising. I think Celestial is the biggest issue. I think that the advantage that DPE nets you on its own is incredibly powerful, but I don't think it breaks the game wide open for the player that has it. I think that Celestial the draw does. to right. I think <laughs> that the draw to from Celestial complete when you combine so DPE's entire basis and his entire mechanic is based around a strong way to generate card advantage with smart one-for-one -one trades over time and celestial breaks that open by saying not only am i going to generate steady amounts of advantage by putting my opponent in both awkward situations and having a recurring one-for-one -one every turn I'm which also is basically basically not even a one-for-one -one because it's coming back yeah 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 yeah. it's really it's really kind of a 0.5 for one yeah exactly yeah uh, but then on top of that, you're also just kind of going to kind of shrug and draw two. He, literally. It's literally just pot of greed. To be fair, you have to have an empty hand. It's not difficult to it's get to. It's not difficult to do. <laughs> Particular, especially with uh, Dasher, just if you draw yeah. a monster, you exactly. can summoned. There it is. That, that's one card out of your hand you don't need. Yeah, it's really, really interesting to me. But I really think that Celestial is the biggest issue because not only does it let you generate incremental advantage over time, leading to you being ahead in advantage, but it also immediately, as soon as the, your next turn wraps around, it also lets you get way ahead in advantage ASAP, which is very strong. Incredibly so. Uh, now here's the thing. I do believe. I agree with you. Celestial needs to get the axe. Needs to have the band hammer of God dropped on them. I don't think they're going to do it to Celestial. All right. What is your prediction for the DPE package? Truth be told, knowing Konami and what they've done in the past, I think they're going to limit Fusion Destiny, which isn't going to do a lot outside of really limit the Fusion Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, it'll pretty much eliminate the. Uh, make Verte activate effect negate cool fusion destiny right I'm just going to fusion destiny anyway yeah I think that limiting fusion destiny is fair because it makes you more reliant upon I, I feel like it kind of I don't know it's hard to say it limits the amount of times that you draw into fusion destiny but at the same time, is it really that big of a hit to the package as long as you can still get into Verte? Oh, not at all. Listen, in my build right now, I'm only run running one Fusion Destiny. Well, granted, a part of that is because I only own one copy of it. But, even if I had two, I would have a hard time fitting it in. I think you should absolutely be running two Fusion Destiny if you're running a DPE package. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, the argument can be made. You're um, like, but I only have one. So therefore, yeah, it is correct for me personally to run one. <laughs> exactly. Because I only own one copy. Um, but like even then, if you're like very much trying to very, very strictly stick to a 40 card count, that is a possible place you can cut it. Particularly if your deck can just kind of even like go, like try to go burr and then just get hand trap central and just kind of shrug, make verte. Exactly. At that point, you might as well just run one. So, next, 
Let's talk about another engine that is running rampant in the format. <laughs> rampant. Do you want to introduce it or do you want me to? You want me to do it? Uh, well, since you already started, you go ahead. Okay. Let's talk about the adventure engine. Woo! So there's a lot of different ways Konami can go with the adventure engine. It's very new. It's only about two and a half months old, maybe three. I'm yeah. not entirely sure on the time frame. Yeah, it hasn't even been out for a full ban list yet. Right. But it represents over 50% of top cut Pretty? in each of the last three YCSs. Closer to 60, isn't it? It's like 55, something like that. I don't know. It's pretty generally getting like 18 to 20 spots in top cuts. Yeah. yeah. Like that's almost tier zero. Yes. But to be fair, it's not a deck. It's an engine. Exactly. That's where the trick really comes in, right? Uh, that's kind of that's like, the rub. That's kind of like saying Ash Blossom is tier zero. Right. Exactly. Um, at the same time, it's also kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah, because you get a bounce and a gate, all for the cost of it's it's just like I was saying earlier with DPE. It is enormous amounts of pure advantage off of potentially one card. Not only is it pure advantage, there's also that negate on summon two. Very pop. Usually summon three. Yeah, usually three. It is possible to do on two if you already have the Griffin Rider in your hand. Yes. Because then you just act Technically, at that point, it's possible on, someone, on one. Well, because you still have to get the token out of special. No. no? If you control no monsters or the adventure. Never game. mind. Yeah. I, I thought you had to have the token so, on board. There's, in my opinion, about four different ways they can go with the adventure package, mm -hmm. right? They can either ban Griffin Rider... Which, if they did, they have a legal knight coming out soon to replace it. Right, which is not quite as good in some scenarios, but it's better in other scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so they can ban Griffin Rider. They can not touch the engine at all. Which is entirely possible. Right. Or, they can do some variation of hits to Water Enchantress or Rite of Aramisir, which is basically options three and four, double semis or double yeah. limits, or something in those lines. Yeah. Now, I'm so whenever I made my list, I just kind of went, they're most likely not going to touch it, but let's just say they are. Right. For the sake of argument. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think they hit it. I think they touched. I think they touch it. The engine's just entirely too prevalent right now. Too generic. Right. And it, it causes, I mean, just think about this. Without interruption... Activate Water Enchantress. Add right to hand. Okay, that's a one for one. Activate right. Which is going to activate Fateful from the deck and summon a token. Basically a plus one. Let's call it plus... Let's call it a, pl uh, a plus point five because the token's not really a card. Yeah, whatever. Call it what it is, right? It's an extra body on board. Yeah, yeah. With 2,000 attack and can be used as synchro material and link material, mm -hmm. which it is. And so, fusion material. It can be used as fusion material. I mean, theoretically, yeah. So, you're looking at 
advantage there. That's a, basically a plus one, plus yeah. 0.5, plus one, however you want to say yeah. it. Then fateful or normal or special is going to add a one. That's another plus one. And then you activate it. And it adds another. But then you have to discard one. But you discard specifically Draco back. Which just equips itself. So that's not even like a discard. That's not that's not even a cost at that point. So you're looking at basically a plus three off of either off of one card. Either right or water enchantress represents a plus three. And on top of that, you have a bounce and negate. And Water Enchantress, if you top deck it, can just add the right back from the graveyard. Yep. So, in my opinion, leaving Water Enchantress at three and right at one doesn't really do a whole heck of a lot. Listen, here's something you can do. So, previous turn, you've activated Water Enchantress. She banishes herself. So, you pass, it comes back to you. Let's say you're PK. Make Levier... Activate for Water Enchantress, link to effective Water Enchantress, and just use the same Water Enchantress. Yeah. You can do that if you can make Levier. Yeah. It's, it's gross. And then you don't even have to add a right from your deck. You can add a one from your graveyard to do it again. Oh, yeah. Or you can just add one from your deck. And then, and, and so then, like, even if you, let's say, like, let's say you do it three or four times and you've gotten all three rights out of your deck and you still have two more Water Enchantress, if you top deck another one, cool. Banish, grab one from graveyard. Let's just keep going. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's crazy. At that point, your only limit is how, how many times your opponent can destroy your uh, faithful adventure. Right. Most people I've seen only run one or two faithful, usually one. Um, but they can just keep pumping out the token. My thing is. I think they're going to look to address the consistency of this engine. And in, in that vein, I think personally that they semi-limit both Rite of Aramisir and Water Enchantress. I think Anam is going to be way more heavy-handed than that. And just straight up limit them both. Think so? Yeah, yeah. Again, because with the Enchantress, if you recycle the Enchantress, you can just grab back the right from your graveyard. That's fair. That's fair. So I might just limit both. Um, another possibility is limit the right and then semi-limit the, uh, the, uh, water enchantress. Yeah. Cause then if you're stuck on one right, you, you have to continuously recycle the same right out of your graveyard over and over and over, which kind of then also puts you in a position to where, you know, uh, your opponent can do things to it. Yeah. DD Crow can be, can become involved, uh, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I can't think of anything else on top of my head that can banish spells from the graveyard. But anything that can just banish stuff from the graveyard for free can just ruin your day. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Um. Plus, it still leaves Water Enchantress open to, of course, the normal hand traps. It has all, always been weak to with Ghost Bell and Ash. Right. With, you know, without limiting it I think personally I, I could see them going either way I, I could see them not touching it at all honestly but I, I think for the health of the format it really probably should be addressed because of the pure advantage that it generates yeah I mean, well to be fair most uh, most other things 
that it's just a one card plus three have been banned before. Have been limited or banned before. Probably, yeah. Especially a plus three that you can just keep doing over and over again. Not during the same turn, during subsequent turns, but still. So, with all that, let's just take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. Woo! So, huge thank you to ECB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are, of course, our locals. They are wonderful. You can go there to get all of your card game needs for Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Digimon. You can get singles, you can get sealed product, you can get deck boxes, playmats, sleeves, binders, anything you really need for these games that you love. You can also get things for tabletop games, such as the mats that you play on. You can get the figurines, the paint for the figurines, the books, the guidebooks and things. You have a great space to come and play video games if you want to do that. Be sure to check out ETB Games. Their link is in the description down below. And with that said, let's go ahead and get back on into the list. So I was going to say we should probably talk about the underdog in the room next. The underdog in the room? Yeah, Salamangrate. I mean, we can talk about salad if that's what you want to talk about next. I was going to say meta decks, but I'm down for salad. Let's yeah. go. Well, let's, say, let's kind of shake it up a little bit. Kind of, since we've done like a bunch of meta stuff, let's kind of shift to uh, not tier one. I'm fine with this. Bottom of tier, tier two, let's say. So I'm thinking that I think it's time. They'll probably go ahead and continue with Mirage Stelio. Go from one to two, because... Even with just one more Australia, they haven't done anything. They just topped to YCS a week ago. Shh, we don't count that. What do you mean we don't count? Okay, okay <laughs> continue, continue. No, 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 it's okay. Uh, uh, but, I'll hear what you have to say. Uh, I'll disregard it, it, but I'll hear it. Uh, but no, no, like, like in all seriousness, though, Marostelio is a great extender, but they can only really use it once per turn, if I'm remembering its effect properly. I think it has a hard once per turn. But then it gives them that second follow-up turn that without gazette without multiple gazelles they just kind of can't do right yeah it gives them that extra edge and that extra follow-up and i also i also truly do believe that they might actually put circle to three i also have circle going to three on my list i don't have them touching ross Jalio, but i do have circle going to three on my list yeah uh again it's kind of it's it is it you know it is what it is it's very much a tier, uh, low tier two deck. It's a good deck. Don't get me wrong. Tier two is still good. Yes. Um. And it's actually, in my opinion, one of the more cooler like designed decks. Like the actual artwork and the designs for the actual cards themselves and how they function in with each other and the uh, reincarnation link summoning is super cool. Yeah, it's a cool concept. But I think you have to be careful with how much, like I feel how like this is a them. yeah. I feel like this is a deck where if you give them an inch, they can take a mile. Very oh yeah, no, very easily. They have uh, two or three gazelle. I I can fully I fully suspect that they'll be able to just re like no matter what you do, they'll be able to reestablish the same board over and over and over and over, infinitely. Pretty much, and outgrind even the likes of Elbridge. I don't know about that, but yeah. Oh no, you popped my monster. I'll just shuffle it back into the deck and remake it. Yeah, I think that Salamangrate has a lot of potential. Uh, I've disrespected them in the past. I am choosing to not do that here. I think Gazelle can stay at one. I think Stalio can stay at one. 
but I think Circle to Three is probably not overwhelming for the deck. I, I feel like this is a deck where you have to kind of be careful with the pieces you give yeah, yeah. them because they can kind of run. They can become. It can become a problem if you're not careful. Right, right. It's very- it's one of those critical mass kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. It's it- like Sky Striker. Like, like say engage, more- multi-roll, Hornet drones are all still at one because giving them too many of those cards back creates a critical mass of good cards. Same thing with Dragon Rollers. Yeah. Well, I was well, I was also saying. Uh, I was gonna say it's more like Jenga. Yeah. You know where the balance is the tower, and if you pull out that one wrong piece, yeah, it can all come tumbling down. All yeah. come tumbling down into being. I'm just going to keep putting out the same board. I mean, you can try to stop me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I would like to talk about meta some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. I just kind of wanted to put that out there and then move back into meta. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's take, fine. Take a quick breather. You know what? You know what? Let's keep on a meta breather. Let's stay away from the meta, actually. So, I have... Do a little bit of a meta sandwich, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll start with meta, we'll end with meta. I have a couple more unlimits. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Scapegoat coming to unlimited. I figure if I'm going to talk about Circle, we can talk about Scapegoat. Fair. And I also have Hero a Hero Lives coming to three. So, Scapegoat and Hero Lives both got semi this list. They have not seen heavy meta play or representation. And I'm fine with both at three. Scapegoat can get kind of iffy. But I think that there's other things doing more unfair things than Scapegoat having to set the card, wait a turn. Activate during your opponent's turn, and that's if they don't pop it. Right. And then even if they do pop it, they could force you to activate it before their battle phase and just kind of go boop, 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 boop. Right, right. I think Scapegoat's a little too slow, and realistically, I understand that if you activate it during your opponent's end phase, it can represent a Link 4 on your turn, but... I don't see that. I don't foresee that being an issue. There's already so many decks that can generate link fours with ease that I don't think that I don't think that scapegoat represents too much of an issue. The only really funny thing that I could see with the issue is they are all beasts. Yes, that's going to be that would probably be a major problem. Would it though? It could be. Technically, yes, it is a one card sharing. But again, you have to set it. Wait till your opponent's turn to activate. Yes. You can't just activate it because it locks you out of summoning for the rest of the turn. Not only is it a one-card sure egg, it's also uh, what is the name of that synchro? Nat beast level four. Oh, level four. Which one? It's the level four light. Herald of the Arc Light. Yes. What about it? It can also present a Herald of the Arc Light. How? None of them are tuners. Link to an Afergeet. Okay. Effect Afergeet to special summon Kalantosa. Who is very easily searched in... Is Gener- Kalantosa a tuner? Yeah. Are you sure about that? I'm like 99% sure Kalantosa is a tuner. You know what? You know what? I am going to look it up. Because anyway. the last time that I doubted you... No, T- Kalantosa is not a tuner. Oh, okay. What, there, there is one of them that's a tuner that can special on itself. That's like one of those. Like Kalantosa or the deer. I think there's an X-Saber Airbellum. That's a tuner. But yeah, but he's not a beast. Hold on, it's a beast warrior. Yeah, because there was someone had said somewhere. Hold on. Beast tuner. Yeah, Airbellum is a beast. Oh, okay, yeah. So there, there's an option there with Elabarum. Yeah, but he's Airbellum. level three, and the tokens are level three. Level one. No, the token. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The tokens are level one. Yeah, that's still 
Or no, no, you don't even need, you don't even need to do that. You can just activate obedience gold. I, I guess. In you could normal summon rescue cat. What are you talking about? Yeah, you could normal summon rescue cat. Exactly. So therefore, the scapegoat tokens are not the issue here. Yeah. So individual tokens themselves. So they could present other problems, particularly with decks that can just pump out free tuners. It's fine. It can come to three. <laughs> I disagree. I think it needs to stay at two. Um, however, for mine limits, I have... Let me pull my, back up my list. Uh, a Hero Lives. I agree. A Hero Lives. I think a Hero, yeah. a Hero Lives could come back to three because they're paying their half, half their life points to get a Hero out of their deck. Right, right. I also think Yada can actually come off. Oh boy. I'm iffy on Time Seal beca only because it's a trap. What? Only because it's a trap card. Yada is so much more of an issue than Time Seal. Time Seal takes three turns to do anything. But, like I said, in my opinion, though, Yada is. In my opinion, you're wrong. Is a little bit worse because you have to declare an attack. And the problem that. Is sinking in the attack. Not only, well, not only sinking in the attack, the main way that people would sink in that attack, like, every way that people used to do the, uh, Yada Lock, have all been errated, so it doesn't even work anymore. Correct. The old Yada Lock does not work anymore. I think Yada and Time Seal could both come to three and be fine. I don't think either one of them would present an issue, but I don't think Konami will do it no. out of sheer spite. I, I think Yada, Yada is one of those cards that... It, I will never formally predict Yada become going even to one because Yada it's like the Exodia pieces like like why is right leg of the, why, why are the arms and legs of Exodia still there you, if, even in an Exodia draw deck you would only run one of all the pieces because they're bricks yeah. so like it's one of those cards that it's there for lore purposes it's been on the ban list longer than any other card in the game consecutively Therefore, like, it has been consecutively banned longer than any other card in the game. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that they're looking to change that. I Which, see where you're coming from. It absolutely could come to three, and I don't think it would be an issue at all. Yeah, like now I'm talking about completely unerratic from the way it was before. Yeah. Just re-release it with problem-solving card text. Don't change the effect outside of adjusting it for... Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and everybody would just kind of look at that and go... Cool. Small world target. Small world bridge. I don't even know if they would do that, but yeah, I see where you're coming from. The thing is, it can't be special summoned. Yeah, because it's a spirit. That's kind of what spirits do. Yeah, so you, you have to have use up your normal summon yeah, you every to, single turn to do this. Like You have to sink your normal summon, then you actually have to sink the attack. Yeah. you know, it, And not just an attack, you have to sink a direct attack. Yeah, I, I, I think Yada would be fine. I don't think they'll do it, but I think it would be fine. But yeah. Especially with, uh, with, uh, oh my god, I, Smorg Band, the Smorg Link Band. Yada is a spellcaster. No, 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 because there's a, I had a line in my head and now it's gone. Poof. Yeah. Poof. So, my total unbans would be Hero Lives, Circle, Scapegoat. I actually have Fusion Destiny being un being unlimited from two to three because I have Celestial being banned. You know what? If they do ban Celestial, I could completely, I could totally see them un un unlimiting uh, Fusion Destiny. But you have yours as Fusion Destiny being limited. 
Right, right. Because I, I don't think they're going to touch Celestial. However, if they did ban Celestial, people would then just shift over to using, like, <clears throat> Plasma or Malicious. Potentially, yeah, but... Depending upon what Then you're, you're adding running. extra bricks, so I think it's fine. Like, full-on bricks, because at least with Celestial, you can normal summon it, and then it has another effect on field. Right, right. Um... We're Malicious at, could be kind of an issue. It's already seeing techs in some decks like VW, but yeah. I don't think it's good. Then Plasma is only good in decks that could, it, weird or, decks. Weird decks. It, like if you open with it, as long as you can put three monsters on board, you can just drop skill your oh, skill drain on your opponent. Right. So I have one other unlimit, which is actually Night Assailant. This card has been errated in the OCG. Just a very small, simple errata to where it it's either a hard ones per turn or it can't fetch itself. Oh, no, no, no. They, they changed this text to now state uh, you can add one flip monster from your graveyard to your hand, except Night Assailant. Did they make it a hard ones per turn? No. Oh, yeah. they don't need to, honestly. Yeah, because it literally just says you can't, it cannot grab itself. Yeah, so I think with an errata, this will come to three. I, I think it'll come to three without an errata, if I'm being honest. I'm not that scared of a Night Assailant loop, but, you know, whatever. Um. All right, let's get back into the meta. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I personally think that prank kids will see an additional hit beyond the DPE engine and behind the beyond the adventure engine. I think that this deck is one of the best decks, if not the best deck in the meta, especially right now because people are still figuring out the branded Despia deck. Right. So, with it being what is, in my opinion, one of the top two decks in the meta, we'll just say that. Um, I think that they're going to hit it whether they hit the adventure engine or not. Therefore, I have Meow Meow Moo being banned. I also have Meow Meow Moo being banned. But now that I'm thinking about it, uh oh, I'm thinking they might even they might actually <clears throat> limit one of the uh, the kids, one of the kids, Roxies, Lampsies, Fansies, or Dropsies. I don't know which. Fansies would be the hit there to me because Fansies provides the most advantage in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, something that might link. Okay, and I, so you're thinking it might, if they do limit one, it'll be fancies. Yes, I although can, I think if they limit, if they do something beyond Meow Meow, I think they limit Doodle Doo. Very possibly. Uh, another possibility is that they limit uh, Tropsies and also completely eliminates their Toad line. Yeah, but I think the thing about... Are they even running Toad anymore? I don't know, if I'm being honest with you. I... I I've not been keeping up with the lists that close. Neither, neither have I. Like last time I looked at a list, they were they were all running to Bahamut Shark into Toad, which is stupid that they can do that, but it's hilarious and I love them for it. Um, but they need it, to stop. Was it Bahamut Shark into Toad, or were they just running Toad? I, what level is Dropsies? Uh, I think he's level four, isn't he? No, he's level two. So they're just going okay, straight yeah, into yeah, Toad. Okay, yeah, straight into Toad. Okay, I couldn't remember if he's level four or two. So I couldn't remember if he's Bahamut Shark into Toad or just straight to Toad. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So, I think that, realistically, in my opinion, they hit the Prank Kids engine. I, I really could see them limiting Doodledoo, but I think they ban Meow Meow instead. Yeah, again, I completely agree with banning Meow at this point. Limiting Doodledoo is an interesting hit, because Doodledoo represents... See, a lot of times they already use Doodledoo twice on turn zero... They they'll sometimes they'll go through multiple doodle doos because they're not afraid to shuffle it back. They want to use it to kind of get their entire engine going and use it to keep cycling things and keep putting more stuff at their disposal. 
and limiting doodle do does help solve some of the issues of the deck but i think banning meow meow is much more efficient at solving the issues of the deck although again a limit to doodle would be very strong oh yeah very but no i think the correct call here is just ban meow but i think regardless if they hit the adventure engine and the dpe engine at that point i'd say don't don't even bother with no no they i think they still have to I think they still have to address prank kids because I don't think they're going to hit the adventure engine hard enough to ah, nerf fair. prank kids. Yeah. I mean, think about it. On my list, I've only got them semiing right and that that's water fair. Enchantress. I, I was thinking of my list where it's limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at that point, don't even bother. At that point, like they're still a threat, but not they're it's just not the same. It's just nowhere near the same and you know, it's still tier 1, <clears throat> but it's not the same. No. So I have one other meta hit on my list. Do you have any more? Uh, let me double check my list. I, I have one unlimited. I have one limited. Uh, one limit from uh, from band to limit. See, and I've got one. I've got a couple band to limits, but I. Oh, I forgot to add a card to my limited predictions. Uh, I'll just put that in there at the end. Okay. Okay, so I'll just go ahead and say my one, because I'm 99% sure you also have this on your list. Sure. Limit to Blaster. Go, go ahead and put Blaster at one. I also have Blaster limited, yeah. yeah. But, but as far as meta, though, what I was going to say is, not not to cut you off, I yeah, was yeah, yeah, going to yeah. come back to Blaster. Yeah, but we'll, we'll circle back around. Yeah, I, I also have Tenny Spirit Ashen of being limited. I understand that Sword Soul is not seeing the highest levels of representation at YCSs, but it is a measurable amount, and don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, I realistically see a world where they do not touch Short Soul at all. I really don't I, think, I personally don't think they're going to touch it. And I, I totally respect that, and I would love to see them not touch it. But, let's be a little pessimistic. Yeah, I, I really think that there's a good chance that Ashuna gets the limit, because Ashuna is probably the best one. Oh my god. Ashuna's really strong. Um... Now, coming from a person who plays against Sword Soul a lot, he's definitely Ashuna's definitely the strongest main deck monster. Yes, easily the strongest. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Taiye is good. Long Long Yan is good because the special summon on discard plus a token plus the burn. Yeah, and that that burn racks up over time. And Mo Yi is crazy. Yeah, Mo Yi is great. Mo Yi into Chijiao is literally just engage. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, and that's a big button, I cannot lie. <laughs> I think with Sword Soul, the bigger problem lies in the extra deck. Where specifically? Specifically Chi Zhao, and not even because he's a negate. Mm -hmm. It's because of the normal summon Mo Yi reveal becomes engage. Right, That you yeah. can then just do again next turn. I think that Ashuna, though, provides you so many additional lines in the deck, and it gets you into so many different things. To be fair, it does Wormlock you. But Sorcel does not care. Correct. Because, <laughs> like, I think, well, uh, like, what is the, like, I think in the entire deck, they only run two non-worms, and that's like... Uh, mine is three in the extra... Four, four in the extra, yeah. and... Three in the main deck. Yeah, yeah, but not I, including tuners. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm not including hand traps. Yeah, yeah, I'm not including hand traps there, and I'm not including like 
cards that are specific to builds. Yeah, so generically, like in most Sword Soul builds, you'll find Halky Fibrax, Aurordon, Deskbot, and Herald of the Arclight. And Baron. And Baron. That's the, yeah, Baron is a very important one to note here. And Ecclesia. So those are the ones that you'll see the most. And other than that, I am running the magic Beast Tuner with Instant Fusion, which is very out of the norm. So, oh, funny fact about that, actually, real quick. That we discovered last time you, last time we were playtesting. Which came up last night in playtesting, also against a different person. So, Ecclesia has an effect where if a fusion monster gets sent to your graveyard this turn, and she's in your graveyard, you can add her back to your hand in your end phase. Doesn't say how the fusion needs to be sent or where the fusion got sent from. Yeah, so you literally can go normal Ecclesia, activate effect, special Moyi, activate instant fusion, special magic key beast, synchro eight, make Chi Zhao, draw a card, search a card, and during the end phase, add uh, Ecclesia back. Yeah. It's kind of It's stupid. crazy. Kind of a little, little bit of a fun fact there. Yeah, definitely. So. That one's free. <laughs> I, have a, I have a few other limits so banned limit i think konami showed last list that they're willing to unlimit some cards that are strong but don't necessarily break the game i mean they unlimited i mean they unbanned astrograph they unbanned lunalite tiger they unbanned snow they unbanned destrudo so i think that it shows a willingness to ease up on some of the power cards and at, at bare minimum kind of experiment a little right see okay well let's unlimit this okay it really didn't do too much let's keep it there uh okay let's unlimit this Ooh, that's actually doing a lot um let's keep that at one let's go ahead and move this up to two right exactly then kind of sit there and see what see how the all the new cards interact with the old band cards so i have blaster going from zero to one as do i I have wind up carriers and made it going to one. I will always put this at one on every banless prediction ever, even if I know it's probably going to be wrong, but this card can come to one. Only if Hunter gets banned. Nope. It, Hunter can stay unlimited and this card can still come to one. Really? Yes. No fear of the, ha of the hand loop. None. It dies to interaction. There. We have never had that hand loop with infinite impermanence and ash blossom and things of that sort. That hand loop dies to, be fair, to the hand traps of the format. To be fair, we also have the Ibagishki hand loop at full power. And nobody is touching it. It's a local deck at best. Exactly. That's my point. Carrier can come to one. I think Carrier could come to three with Hunter still unlimited and... It would be very, very good, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that it would be tier one. I think that it would just be interesting. I'm thinking the deck, like, full power would probably be would probably be, be like be around where Salamangrate's at, power-wise, just due to how much you can just keep flooding the field. That's the thing, yeah. It, it, it's a slippery slope with wind-ups just because... With Zenmaity at three, even if you do, so if you do Hunter Band and Zenmaity three, I've seen builds that will put out multiple Link fours. Like they can, they can go literally like, like I've seen them loop Topologic. Um, one of the Zerboros. No, the the 
It's not Gumblar, because Gumblar is banned, but... Bomber. Yeah, maybe it's Bomber, or maybe it's... No, sorry, you just Skull Dread. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, no, they, oh. Can, they can loop Saryusha Skull Dread. Oh, I didn't think about that! Oh! Yeah. No, 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 here, here, I, here I was thinking, like, one loop to get the one Zen Mady on board. Again to get a second. Again to get a, again to get a second. F-Zero. F-Zero, you top a dragon feature. They don't even need to do that. They can literally go into Saryusha Skull Dread and, like, go crazy. Like, that, that deck is actually... Theoretically, three Zen Mady might actually be a problem. Theoretically, you could also like instead of doing that, you could go all three loops, get all three of them out, and then make uh, Mega Clops. Also possible, yes. Which is funny, but being able to loop Saryuja Skull Dread of all things, yeah, it that that deck would actually be really crazy at full power. So, uh, I but wanna, I, have, I I'm fine with Carrier. Now. I'm fine with Carrier at one. And the other card I have coming back to one is kind of pure cope, but I would really like to see it happen, is Denglong. Listen, we all know how much you, I, I should be told I would wanna I would wanna see Denglong back at one just to watch it burn just watch everything burn down around me. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think that we can reasonably predict Denglong coming to one with some semblance of confidence. Because of the reprint of Nine Pillars of the Yang Zang. And again, I understand. I get it. I get it. It's cope. But I think that there is an absolutely a world where Denglong comes to one and is not the biggest problem card in the format. I don't think it would have, I do not think it would have more of an impact than Fairy Tale Snow. How's that? You know what? That's fair. That is entirely fair. I think Fairy Tale Snow has much more impact than Denglong would if Denglong was back. And to be fair, Denglong at one specifically. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it, even if it was at three, I think you'd probably only run one, maybe two. But like, yeah. like you get you get like extra deck monsters are just a little bit different. You know, it's not it's not yeah. like I'm not relying on drawing into it. So therefore, I would probably only play one. That way, I have the rest of my extra deck toolbox to work with. But still, yeah, no. I, I think Denglong could realistically come back to one and kind of be fine. I, like I said, I don't think it would be better than Tiger. So, so um, I only have one other card left on my list that we haven't talked about, which is Divine Wind of the Mist Valley. And I'll be honest, I just picked a card on the limited list that I was like, yeah, this could probably come to two and be fine. Because I feel like there's a bunch of cards on the limited list that could come to two or even three. And probably be fine. And I feel like they pick one random card. It's like they spin a wheel. And they're like, ah, yeah, that would probably be fine. And they just, like, throw it to two. And I feel like this is maybe one of the weakest cards on the limited list. Very possibly. Yeah. I have no idea what the card does. Me either. That says something, doesn't it? Yeah. Hold on. I will look it up to make sure it isn't something that's just, like, draw two. It's not. It's not. Uh, what was it called again? Mist Valley? Divine Wind of the Mist Valley. Divine... Wind of the Mist Valley. Yeah, go ahead and read the full effect out for some for people that don't know like us. Let's see. <clears throat> Once per turn, if a wind monster controls the turns to the hand, special summon a level four lower wind monster from your deck. It wouldn't see play. It would have potentially in Lairless Tri Brigade. It would have if some more was still around. Because you're guaranteed that effect with Apex Avian. That's true. Also, I don't think that was... It's a soft once per turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's but fine, it, though. It's also a field spell. 
It's it fine. Might as, it might as well just be a hard one. Sp- well, no. Because... Ancient Fairy Dragon is also banned. Terraforming is limited. It's fine. It can go to two or even three. Yeah, because well, at that point, it's just, a, it's just a worse Lost World. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh. So, my full ban list. Every card. My banned, I have Scythe, Celestial, Meow, Meow, Moo. Limited, I have Denglong, Windup Carrier, Blaster, and Tenny Spirit, Ashina. My semi-limits are Water Enchantress, Rite of Aramisir, and Divine Wind of the Mist Valley. And my unlimits are A Hero Lives, Fusion Destiny, Salamangrate Circle, Scapegoat, and Knight Assailant with an Arata. Alright, so over here we have, for me, we we got Band, Dagda, Meow Meow Moo, Limit of Fusion Destiny, Blaster, Right, and Enchantress. Uh, Simi Limit, Mirage Stelio. I say it like that because I have question marks in my notes. Fair. And Unlimit, Yada, Salamangrate Great Circle, and A Hero Lives. All absolutely fair. Dadagadasu. Do you have any other cards you want to talk about and just throw in there at the end? Uh... That's a big pause. Yeah, I, I, I was sitting there trying to think there was anything. I was like, no, no, I don't think there is. Um, I think that you could see something with some, with some random card out of nowhere, like Harpy's Featherstorm. That card's broken. Yeah. Um, I think that you could realistically see some kind of a hit. There's so many decks that are like, are like, they're worth hitting. Personally, I would like to see a lot of floodgates just straight up banned. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. I would like to see things like Summon Limit, in my opinion, should be flat out banned. Oh my god, yes. I think they should limit cards like Anti-Spell Fragrance. They should limit cards like Gozen Match, Rivalry of Warlords, Tikaboo, uh, Skill Drain. I, I think all that should be either limited or banned. Things I'm going to be honest, I hate those cards. Any card that pretty much just says you don't get to play the game. And my thing about Tikaboo and Gozen and Rivalry is the rulings on them to me are so um what's the word i'm looking for um eclectic no it's like it doesn't make sense for no reason like there's a way it's unintuitive that's the word ah they're so unintuitive because uh give an example okay if i have like let's just say and this would like never happen but if i normal summon Okay, this is an example that can happen. If I have, if my plan is Tikaboo up, mm-hmm. and I normal summon the, the like a Dotscaper, I cannot link it off into a Cyber's Link monster. Because that would mean I would control one, and I can only have one of that type, right? Yeah. So, going from one Cyber's into one other Cyber's, to me, that should still work. Because I'm still, I never control two. Because, you know what? That's fair. It's the same thing with rivalry and um, Gozen. Isn't there also a ruling to where, like, let, like let's just for rivalry and Gozen specifically, where let's just say let's just take Gozen specifically because attributes a little bit easier. Like, let's say yeah. I'm locked into Earth, you're locked into Water, and then I my control your Water. Isn't the ruling that then it just goes straight to the graveyard? Uh, you, ch- I don't even know if you can attempt to do that for that reason. I, see, that's the thing. The rulings on those cards are so dumb. Because yeah, I read somewhere that you could still do that, but then the non-fire, mo- the non-earth monster in my situation would just go straight to the graveyard. 
I will double check that to make sure I read that correctly. All right. I'm going to go ahead and get on into the podcast question of the day and you can catch if you find that you can let me know. Yeah. So last episode's podcast question of the day was what do you think is the best tech card in the meta right now? So we got some good answers. Things like goes in D barrier rivalry summon limit. Wow. Do you notice anything about those cards? They're like three of the four cards I just said. <laughs> Somebody literally just said floodgates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Super Poly is very funny. True. Uh, Dimensional Barrier again. Upstart Hoblin for consistency. Oh, wow. Um, also, I saw people saying things like Nightbeam. I think Nightbeam is an amazing tech card. Something else that I saw, uh, somebody I saw somebody playing it. Christian Urena played it in his top four Sword Soul oh. list. Uh, it was anti magic arrows. That is that is cool. Okay, yeah. here's an eclectic ruling for you. Gladi- unintuitive. Yeah, unintuitive. Gladiator beasts. Uh huh. If there is a gladiator beast in your deck, you could summon out of your like normal summon out of your hand. Uh huh. So like, let's say you have let's say you're locked into earth and you have a second earth in your deck. Yes. You can tag out and put out put a water on board. Yeah, as that, long as you have an earth in your in your in your deck, as long as you have an, as, well. as long as you have yeah. So if you if I normal summon Ray, I can activate Ray and go into a different type as long as I have a valid target. Yeah, it's the same thing as, with like if you have as Ray, long as you have Zeke, is it? Yeah, Zeke. Yeah, it's such a stupid ruling. Oh, here it is. You can take control of an opponent's monster that's the wrong type or attribute with the card like Mind Control. If you do, it is sent to the graveyard immediately after you gain control over it. Yeah, see, the, this is what I'm talking about. The rulings are so unintuitive. So you're telling me I cannot normal summon one and then link one because I can't, you know what I mean? Because I cannot attempt to, perf- to put another one on board, but then I can attempt to take control of one? That makes no sense. I think, okay, okay, for that, I think it's because you're summoning it. I, I think because when you're taking control, you're not summoning it. Still, you're, you're attempting to control one that is wrong. See, this is what I mean. They're so unintuitive. They None of them should work the way they do. I, they should all just be banned. <laughs> anyway. Uh, do, do the old, uh, 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 what was the card's name? Behemoth. Oh, I have no idea. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh card? Yeah, old Yu-Gi-Oh card. Something Behemoth. 1500 attack. Uh, once per duel can revive itself. I don't know. Anyway, what's back in the day it was banned because it was calling all kinds of all oh no 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 it wasn't banned it was uh either limited, limited or semi-limited twin-headed behemoth twin-headed yes yes no, no 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 it was limited because it was calling all uh, causing all kinds of rulings issues mm-hmm. yeah i i hate those cards anyway let's talk about this week's podcast question of the day or th- this episode's podcast question of the day <laughs> which is what is one question you would like to ask a pro player be sure to leave these questions. This is a big one. I want as many questions as possible because the next time we have a pro player or high level player on the podcast, we're going to ask them those questions. Yes, I absolutely plan on asking them some of these questions. So be sure to let us know some of the questions that you want answered and we will incorporate these into our next interview. So uh, I do ask you, please try to keep it generic, not like deck specific yeah for sure unless this pro player is, is known for that deck is known for that deck 
Right. So, with all of that said, I want to say one last thing before we end this episode. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, all of our listeners. Thank you, all of the followers. The people that have joined the Discord server. The people that are doing our Remote Duel Locals. The people that have followed and left ratings and left reviews and subscribed on Patreon and really made this happen. I'm thanking you, the listeners. This is coming from the bottom of my heart. This episode marks one year since we started posting episodes. Heck yeah. This episode will go out on Friday, May the 6th. Our first episode was on May the 7th of last year, 2021. In one year, we have built up over, we have done over 100 episodes. We have done over 60,000 plays. We have, that means this podcast has been listened to, not just started and listened for 10 seconds and stopped, but at least listen to for a few minutes our average consumption is in the neighborhood of 90 percent so it's fairly safe to say let's just ballpark because some episodes are longer some of them are shorter one hour ish per per listen yeah that's sixty thousand listen hours which is ridiculous yeah i mean across all platforms spotify apple and I am throwing YouTube in there, even though it's our smallest platform. We have over 60,000 plays in a year. Hold on. That would be 2,500 days worth. Yeah. Or 6.85 when we round up years. Yeah. Woo! We are averaging now currently over 1,000 listens per episode. And we are, over the course of our entire time doing this, we're, I mean, we've been doing this 52 weeks, and you're looking at about, I don't know, a little over a thousand listens a week since we started. Which is crazy, because when we started, we were getting like 10, 15 per week. Listen, I was super excited the first time we got... 20 in a week i was on a i remember we posted our first episode i was in hot springs arkansas with my wife it was our fifth anniversary trip we posted the first episode we actually recorded i think two episodes before i went on the trip and we posted the first two episodes and the first episode that went out i think i checked the numbers while we were sitting down for breakfast one morning and we had like 15 plays or 14. And I remember sitting there thinking, wow, this is crazy. We already have over a dozen people listening or a dozen listens. And now we're averaging a hundred times that per episode, just about. It is very humbling to say the least. Yeah, we absolutely could not do this without you, the listeners. Y'all are out there sharing this with your friends, telling people about it. 
Y'all are out there supporting us. Y'all are coming and, like I said, coming to the Discord server. We have enough people to where we can run a small remote to locals basically every week. We Our Discord server is one of the most active servers that I'm in. It's not like other small server. I mean, sure, we only have around 250 people. But you're literally talking about a 250 person server where we probably average a few hundred messages a day. It's really, really active. And our community is just... I'll be honest, right now, I have a lot going on in my life. Work has been crazy. Uh, for those that don't know, I was in a car wreck a couple of weeks ago, so I'm trying to like trying to find a car. I'm trying to manage work. I have a wife. I have a five-year-old. And sometimes those days suck. Before we recorded tonight, I had to literally sit there with my head in my hands and... Put, pull myself together because life is stressful but the one thing that I always come back to is this the podcast the community the community that has grown and evolved around this podcast has been nothing short of an absolute blessing. Um, there's really not enough words to say how thankful that I am to have such a supportive community, to have so many people that I can go, you know, I can go into voice chat in our server just about any day of the week and find somebody to talk to. I can hop in the server. I can talk to people. If I want to talk Yu-Gi-Oh, I can talk Yu-Gi-Oh. If I want to talk other stuff, I can talk whatever. And it's just, it's so humbling and so incredibly, um, I think humbling is really the only word that does it justice to think that we have so many people here that care so much. We aren't the only ones that care about this. There's a whole community of people that love this and care about this. And that really, really means a lot to both of us. And without you guys, without the community, this would not be possible. We could not keep up the pace that we keep up. We could not keep up three episodes a week, two on the main platforms and one on Patreon every week. We record constantly. I got off work after nine o'clock tonight. We, we didn't, I didn't get home till nine 30 and now we're here recording and it is currently 1130 at night. Yeah. And, and then I'm going to go home for after this and go edit. Right. And Caleb's going to spend, you know, probably a good chunk of time editing eh, about three hours. Yeah. And then it's going to go out in the morning. 8 a.m. Every Tuesday and Friday. And this has just become a regular part of my life. And I could not see it any other way because of the community. 
because of you guys. Clap, clap. Yeah. So <laughs> huge kudos to you guys. A huge shout out to you guys, the community. I love y'all to death. And I don't know what I would do without y'all in my life right now. Because, like I said, life is stressful. And every time I go into the Discord server and chat or go on Twitter and go back and forth with people on Twitter, it's nothing but positivity. It's nothing but just a, a warmth. Super cool dudes being super cool. Pretty much, yeah. So from the bottom of my heart, and I I think I can speak for Caleb when I say this. Yeah. Thank you. It means the world to us. This has been a wonderful year, and we hope to keep going for quite a long time. So thank you all again for your support. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up now. I'm going to do my normal wrap up. <laughs> so uh, sorry to get sappy there for the last few minutes, but thank you again. But um, yeah, so be sure to check out all of our links down in the description below. This is, of course, our Patreon, our TCG player affiliate link. Join the Discord, come hang out with us, follow us on Twitter, leave the likes, the likes, the ratings, the reviews, the comments, leave all of that. We all, we read it all. Trust me, we read it all. And be sure to check out Team Dark Arm Dealings. They're our sister channel on YouTube. They do a lot of deck profiles and things from tournaments that we go to. And be sure to check out ETB Games, the sponsor, of course. They are in the description down below. So with all that said, truly, thank you and have a great day great weekend. Take care, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.